We've got a lot of people interested in going. And uh, so we're thrilled about that. We're excited about that. And maybe this is the first you've heard about going to Israel with us in 2009. But we're planning on a trip to Israel in either April or May of 2009. And uh, any of you that would like to go and be a part of that, we would love to have you. We're going to be teaching throughout Israel I think it's going to make the Bible come alive like never before. And so if you're interested, we're going to be giving you details about what the trip costs, you know, how long we're going to be gone, when we're going to be actually gone and all that so that we can begin to get a hard, fast count of how many people are seriously interested in that. And uh, we thank you all for being here. I'm praying and hoping that once again, this will be a night of encouragement for you. And if I could just ask one other thing before I pray tonight and turn it over to Seth and Phil. If you could just, you know, help us get the word out about the mind. Uh, Like a lot of ministries here at Cornerstone, you know, we can't do a verbal every week. We can't do a bulletin insert every week. We need a lot of advertisement through word of mouth. Through, you know, you just getting out there and telling your family and friends about the mine and inviting them to come with you. And we certainly are, are looking for that. So if you could help us out with that, we would love to see more and more people come out to the mine on Tuesday evening. All right, let's open up with a word of prayer. We got some great stuff to share with you tonight. Lord God, we thank you so much for the opportunity. Once again, we have to be here on Tuesday evening. Uh, God, you are faithful every day and you manifest your faithfulness and your mercies to us new every day and god just thank you for giving each of us the health and strength to be here we know that for many uh there's still a lot of sickness and illness out there and there are many who would love to be here tonight but cannot and we just pray that you would just bless them in a special way they're in their homes not feeling well tonight For those of us who came tonight, Lord, we just pray that you would refresh our spirits through your word. And God, just use our worship time and our time in the word again to just raise us to another level with you. Help us, Lord, to just leave here feeling encouraged and refreshed and grounded and challenged. And Lord, whatever you you need to do and want to do in our lives, help us to just be open to that tonight. And we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, real quick, i got to say this. Thank you, thank you so much for your prayers on Friday. I sensed your prayers. I felt your prayers Friday afternoon as I was speaking at the funeral uh, for Sean Foote. And I just so appreciate you all praying for that family. Continue to pray for Jen and her family. And thank you for your prayers for me as well. All right, guys, let's get up and worship the Lord tonight. Amen. Great worship again tonight, as always. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We're going to be in Ephesians chapter 3 tonight, but we're also going to start out in the Gospel of Luke chapter 18, where we left off last week. So put your finger in Ephesians chapter 3, and then turn back to the Gospel of Luke chapter 18. We're looking tonight and examining another prayer of the Apostle Paul's. As he prays for the Ephesian Christians. And I think tonight we're all going to be challenged by this prayer and encouraged by this prayer. But before we go to Ephesians chapter 3, I I couldn't help but tie in what 
Paul is saying in Ephesians 3 with what Jesus said back in Luke 18. Last week we talked about the fact that prayer is the key to perseverance and endurance in the Christian life. That if we could look at one thing that we could do as Christians to, to help us keep on keeping on and not become discouraged and overwhelmed and throw in the towel and lose heart, it would be prayer. In fact, that's why Jesus said in Luke 18, then Jesus told them a parable to show them that they should always pray and not lose heart. Mark that verse if you don't have that verse marked in your Bible. Men ought always to pray and not to lose heart, not become discouraged, not throw in the towel. And then he gives them this parable. And in this parable, before I share this parable, here's what Jesus is doing. Jesus is contrasting the unrighteous judge here in this parable with God. And he's saying everything that the unrighteous judge is, God is not. Or everything that God is, the unrighteous judge is not. So don't look at the unrighteous judge as a picture of God. Look at him as just the opposite of God. He said, in a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected people. There was also a widow in that city who kept coming to him and saying, Give me justice against my adversary. For a while he refused, but later on he said to himself, Though I neither fear God nor have regard for people, yet because this widow keeps on bothering me, I will give her justice. Or in the end she will wear me out by her unending pleas. And the Lord said, Listen to what the unrighteous judge says. Won't God give justice to his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he delay long to help them? I tell you, he will give them justice speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? A couple of things before we launch from this passage into the passage we're going to look at in the book of Ephesians. Jesus is simply reminding us in this passage, God is not the kind of God that we have to like wear down and, and nag and negotiate and manipulate in order to get good things from Him. He wants to give good things to those who love Him. He wants to help us. He wants to empower us. He wants to do all these things. In fact, the Bible teaches He will withhold nothing that is ultimately for our good from our lives. And if God chooses to withhold something from our lives, He knows in His wisdom it's ultimately not for our good. And so God is not this, you know, capricious God up there that we just have to like, oh my goodness, I, I just have to keep asking Him. No. Not at all. He's just the opposite of the... Un He's not unwilling to help. He wants to help. And we need to remember that because at the end of this passage, you'll notice Jesus asks a question. And it's a question that looks all the way ahead in time to the time He comes back to earth. And He says, when the Son of Man, speaking of Himself, comes back to earth, will I find faith on the earth? And faith here is in connection with praying. Because that's really the foundation of our prayer life. 
If I believe, if I trust, if I have faith in God, I'm going to pray. Because I believe and I have faith and I trust that He loves me, that He will withhold nothing good from me that's ultimately for my good, that He wants to help me, and therefore I'm going to continually go to Him for help, and I'm going to continue to seek Him for everything that I need because He's not this unrighteous judge that I need to wear down and nag and nag and nag until he gives in because he's just so tired of listening to my requests that he's just the opposite. And so our faith is tied to our prayer life. And Jesus, in a sense, is predicting and implying that throughout the church age that maybe many Christians will become prayerless because of their lack of faith. Because they really don't believe God loves them. They really don't believe God has their best interest at heart. They they really don't believe that God wants to bless their lives and give them good things. And therefore they just stop asking. Because our asking and our prayer life is tied to our faith. That's why Jesus went on to say, for many of us, we have not because we ask not. Because we simply do not have the faith, the trust, the belief to believe in the character of God and go to Him in prayer and seek His help for everything, anything, at any time that we need. It's a very searching question that Jesus asks. It's a very sobering question. When the Son of Man comes, will He find faith on the earth? With that said, let's now go over to the book of Ephesians chapter 3 and pick it up at verse 14. For in this passage of Scripture, Paul is saying that everything that he has written up to this point has built a foundation and motivated him to stop at this moment and begin to pray for the Ephesian Christians once again. Because like Luke 18, he is convinced that God hears his prayers, answers his prayers according to his will, and for his glory, and for our good. And he wants to help, and he's willing to help. And so Paul says, here we go, God. Here are my requests. For this reason, chapter 3, verse 14. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. I pray that according to the wealth of His glory, He may grant you to be strengthened with power through His Spirit in the inner person, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, so that because you have been rooted and grounded in love, you may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth. And thus to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, so that you may be filled up to all the fullness of God. Now to Him who by the power that is working within us is able to do far beyond all that we ask or think, to Him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. And there's His prayer. And we're going to examine that prayer tonight. First of all, you'll notice he begins in verses 14 and 15 by reminding us that if we want strength for the journey, and these Ephesian Christians were going through some really difficult times, and if we're going to let God define the church, we need faith enough to pray. Faith enough to pray. 
And as we pray, tying back into Luke 18 to acknowledge that God wants to help. He's willing to help. He's just waiting for us to come and have the faith to ask. To be willing to pray rather than to lose heart, to give up, to throw in the towel, to become discouraged and overwhelmed by the circumstances of life. And you'll notice here in verse 14 that Paul is acknowledging the greatness of God. Now, there's all kinds of different postures for prayer in the Bible. And there's not one posture for prayer that's more spiritual or that's going to gain the ear of God more than another. But he's simply reminding us here that when he uses this kind of terminology, that for this reason... The reason that I've shared with you up to this point that everything that God does in the church, he does to strengthen the church, to advance the church, to build the church. And because I know that and I know he wants to help and he's willing to help, I am willing to bow my knees before my heavenly father because I'm acknowledging his greatness. And that's important to Paul because whatever great things are standing between the Ephesian Christians and the goal that God has for them, whatever obstacles are in Paul's way, whatever opposition or obstacles or things stand between you and where God wants to take you and I, God's greatness is going to overcome all of that. And as we pray, we've always got to keep in mind that no matter what the size of our problem, we have a God who's bigger than any of that. And that's why Paul says, I kneel. Before the Father. God is so great that He reminds us that every family in heaven and on earth is named and derives its origin. God created the family. God's the one that came up with the idea. And Paul says every family can trace their origin back to God. He's the originator. He's the creator. He is great. He is awesome. And then Paul says this, in my life, I always need to have faith enough to pray and my faith enough to pray then will lead hopefully to faith enough to be strengthened because notice his specific prayer here for the Ephesians in verse 16 is I pray that according to the wealth of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in the inner person. How do I gain more strength? How do I gain this inner strength that I need in order to navigate life? Pray and have other people like Paul and other Christians praying for our spiritual strength. And notice a couple things about this prayer here. First of all, notice in verse 16, he says, I pray according to the wealth of his glory. His glory is all the perfections of God. That's really what God's glory is. It's, It's all the perfections of God all brought together in one word. Glory. The glory of God. And notice Paul says, I'm praying according to this glory, not out of the glory. You see, if, if, if God was to start taking out of something, then he's emptying whatever he has there and pretty soon he's going to get to the end and have nothing left. And that's why Paul uses that very important term, according to, because if, if God is taking out according to, then he never gets to the end of his glory and there's always the glory of God for him to share 
with all of us at all times throughout all eternity. And we're never going to get to the end of it because it's not out of his glory. It's according to his glory. And as we shared last week, God's glory is infinite because he's infinite and it never comes to any kind of an end. So everything that I ask God for, it's not like as he shares with me, he's got less to share with somebody else. Or that I've asked for the millionth time for, for God's strength in my life and pretty soon he's going to get to the end of it. That never happens. Because his glory is infinite and therefore his resources for me is infinite. And I love this. I pray that according to the wealth of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened from an outside source. You see, I don't have the strength inside of me, but God, through his spirit, verse 16, can bring about this strengthening within me. And notice this strengthening that God wants to give me if I have faith enough to pray and faith enough to be strengthened is going to be at the very core of my being. That's what the phrase in the inner person means. It means that God is going to strengthen my core. Now any of us, and I'm not one of them, who are into fitness knows how important strengthening our core is. The only reason I know anything about this is my son is a personal trainer, all right? He hasn't got me yet, but anyway, that's another story. But he always talks to others about strengthening their core. Because if physically our core is strengthened, we're going to be balanced. We're not going to be able to be knocked off balance as easy. We're going to have more stability. We're going to be able to have a better posture, stand straighter. We're going to be able to do all kinds of things because we have taken time to strengthen our core from the inside out. What Paul is praying for in verse 16 for the Ephesian Christians is that they would allow God to spiritually strengthen their core so that no matter what they have to face, no matter what they are facing, no matter what they're going through, that they've got a, a stability, that they've got this strength, that, that whatever comes into their life is not going to knock them off balance as easily because they've got that inner strength at the very core of their being. And it's a strength that God wants to supply to every Christian. But we need to have faith enough to pray for it and faith enough to be strengthened and allow God to to pour His strength and infuse His strength into my being rather than me trying to go through life in my own strength, working it out and figuring it out and managing it myself. And then when I come to the end of my strength, then I ask God, God, you need to pick up the pieces now. now God said, wouldn't it be better instead of you going through all this and coming to the end of yourself, that when you're faced with something, you just automatically begin to cry out in prayer for my strength to be infused into the very inner core of your being. And that over the years, as you and I call upon God in prayer and ask for his strength over and over again, that our core continues to get built up and we get stronger and stronger and stronger internally so that it doesn't matter what storms and trials and suffering and tribulation we're going to face in life, our core is going to be so strong that God's going to help us to stand up to the trials of life. You see, 
by this very passage, God is saying, I'm not going to promise you that if you become a follower of me, that everything in your life's going to be easy and you're not going to have any problems and you're not going to have any trials. No, just the opposite. But what God does promise us is that in the midst of those trials, in the midst of that suffering, in the midst of those tribulations, I will give you an inner strength that will be able to stand up to any trial that you will ever face. So Paul says, this is what I pray. That according to the wealth of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in the inner person. Again, this inner strength doesn't come from me. It comes from the spirit of God. As we allow God to strengthen our core and make us strong. God wants to see strong Christians. God wants to see a church that is filled with Christians who have an inner strength and who is displaying that inner strength to all those around them. It's not that we won't have our problems, but we will have strength for the journey to meet those problems when they come. Paul goes on then to also pray, verse 17, that they will have faith enough not only to pray, verse 14 and 15, to be strengthened, verse 16, but to climb higher, verse 17. To climb higher. That Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, so that because you have been rooted and grounded in love. Let's just take that verse. Paul says, I'm also praying that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. The word dwell means to be settled, to be at home. And what Paul is saying is not that as I grow as a Christian and become closer to God, that somehow I get more of God, but that God gets more of me. Picture it like this. When I become a Christian and I turn my life over to God and I say, Jesus, I want you to be my savior. Forgive my sins, save my soul. At that moment, we get all of God. But God doesn't have all of us at that point. That, that's part of what the Christian life is all about. That's part of what spiritual growth is all about and why it's so important. Because hopefully, as I move forward in my walk with God, through being strengthened, I'm now willing to give God more of my life. If you picture your life as a house... And maybe when you first became a Christian, you gave God control over five rooms in that house, but there's ten rooms in your house, in your life. And pretty soon, God's going to say, hey, I want to settle down in this room. And first, we may resist because we, we like that room. We like that pet sin. We, we like that thing that God wants us to surrender to Him, and we don't want to give it up. But pretty soon, God's going to continue to knock on that room because He wants us to get to a point where we are, have faith enough and we've been strengthened enough internally that we're willing to surrender control of that room and every room in our house of our life over to Him so that He can dwell and settle down and be at home there. 
and have all of us, not just some of us, not just parts of my life, but Jesus Christ wants to come in and take over my entire life, every room, every part, and transform it for His glory. And that's what Paul means. And get the picture here. As I surrender these rooms and these parts of my life over to God, these are literally weights that are weighing me down from climbing as high as God wants to take me. And that's why I use the phrase, faith enough to climb higher. Because as I give these rooms and these areas of my life over to God, I'm literally getting rid of weights that are, that are holding me back from where God wants to take me. And so the more rooms I give over to God, the more of my life I give over to God, the higher I can climb with God. It's just like I'm going from one level of faith to another level of faith, and I'm climbing higher and higher and higher as I allow Jesus to settle down and dwell. Illustration from the Gospels. When Jesus first called the disciples, many of them were fishermen. And though they had begun to follow Jesus, they kept their fishing business on the side. But there came a point where Jesus came to them and says, Guys, you need to trust me to provide for you and your families. And you need to be willing to leave your fishing businesses behind and full-time just become my followers. Now, Jesus didn't challenge them with that as soon as he called them because they weren't ready for that yet. All Jesus said to them at first was, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. That was good enough for them. But there came a point months later where Jesus comes back and says, now I want you to leave your fishing business completely and become, in a sense, a full-time disciple. And let me provide for you. And what Jesus was doing in that challenge was what Paul was praying for the Ephesians and praying for us here. That God's going to take us from this level of faith to this level of faith. In fact, that's why Paul adds in verse 17 that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Because I've got to trust God enough. I've got to believe God enough. I've got to believe that as he's asking me to go higher with him, that that's good for me. And if I don't really believe it, it is, if I don't trust him, I'm not climbing any higher. I'm going to either be satisfied with where I'm at, or I'm going to hold on to the thing that God wants me to surrender, control of, and I'm going to keep holding on to that rather than letting him take me higher and higher and higher. Another illustration. Peter walking on the water. Jesus says, Peter, instead of being satisfied like most human beings and just sitting in the boat, why don't you let me take you somewhere where you never planned on going? And that is that as a human being, I'll actually allow you to walk on water with my help. Will you let me take you there? And for a moment, Peter allowed Jesus to take him to that place where he would have never went on his own. And never dreamed he could go. But that's what this prayer is all about. Getting the Ephesian Christians and getting you and I to believe that God wants to take us to places we've never been and places that will only benefit us, only bring us closer to Him, only be for our benefit, and only be for His glory. And that's what Paul's praying. Do we have faith enough to pray, first of all? 
so that we will not lose heart and be discouraged because Jesus said men ought always to pray and never to lose heart or give up. Faith enough to be strengthened, to strengthen the very core of my being and allow God to strengthen that inner person. Faith enough to climb higher by allowing Jesus Christ to dwell in my life, to be at home, to be settled in every room of my life, in every part of my life, and just continuing to give Him more and more control and surrendering more and more of my life over to Him so that I lose those weights that's holding me back and letting Him take me higher. And then verse 18, faith enough once I climb higher to see further. Because notice Paul says, so that you may be able also to come to a point in your life where you comprehend with all the saints. And don't miss that. This prayer is not just for the super spiritual Christian in the church. Not for a certain segment in the church. What Paul is praying here for is a reality that can be experienced by any Christian that knows Jesus Christ. So that any Christian can come to a point where they are able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and thus to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. See, as I go higher, obviously I can also see further. And the higher I allow God to take me in my life, I begin to see further and further into the love that God has for me. And I truly, by experience of walking with Him and climbing with Him, I come to an understanding, a comprehension, an apprehension of His love that I would never get down this low on the, on the mountainside. Now, it's not that God doesn't love me there. He does. But as we say around here, God loves me just the way I am, but He also loves me too much to leave me there. And God wants to raise me up just so I can experience more of Him and see more of His love that I could not see down here. But as I allow Him to raise me up and let me climb higher with Him, now I can see further. Now I can begin to comprehend and begin to get some kind of wrapping my mind around just how much God loves me. Because you see, the higher I let God take me, I begin to experience walking with God and seeing how He moves and works in my life in greater ways than I ever could if I just stay here. Just like Peter. Peter can go to any of us when we get to heaven. You know what? Even if it was just for a couple seconds, walking on the water, i got to tell you, that, that just was an unbelievable thing. And, and I saw some insight into my God and into the ways of my God and to how much God loves me and how much He wants to do for me and how much He wants to help me and take me places where I don't even dream of. And, and I got a glimpse of it when I allowed Him to take me higher so that I walked on the water. And that's exactly what God wants to do with you and me. That the more we trust Him, the more we surrender our life to Him, the greater we're going to see his love for us as well. In fact, isn't it interesting too that if you just look at this, I think from a human perspective, from an earthly perspective, most of us would say, well, Lord, you let me comprehend just how much you love me and then I'll be willing to let you take me higher. But you see, where's the faith in that? 
See, God says, no, it's the other way. The progression here is, God, I need faith enough to pray, faith enough to be strengthened, and then as you strengthen me, I go higher, and then as I go higher, I see further. We want it just the opposite a lot of times as human beings. We say, God, you show me what the future holds, and you show me how far down there, and then I'll think about going higher with you. God says, no. No, you let... You see the progression here. You let me strengthen you internally at the very core of your being. Then you begin to climb. And as you climb, you begin to see much further than you could ever see before. And it is possible. Or else Paul would have never prayed it. And God would have never recorded it. It is possible for us, as much as we can on this side of heaven, to begin to comprehend the love of God in a deeper way. That many times when we first become a Christian, we're like, wow, you know, I understand a little bit how much God loves me and the cross and Jesus dying for me and whatever. But the longer we walk with God and the more we experience in our growing with God as a Christian, we come to a depth of understanding God's love even greater than we did when we first became a Christian. And that's what God wants us to comprehend. And that's what Paul's praying for the Ephesian Christians so that. This is beautiful. The end of verse 19. So that this all is leading somewhere. So that you and I may be filled up to all the fullness of God. Wow. Faith enough to pray. Faith enough to be strengthened. Faith enough to climb higher. Faith enough to see further. And faith enough to be stretched beyond our limitations. That's exactly what Paul means by being filled with all the fullness of God. Literally, in the Greek, it means to expand our capacity. Here's a picture in your mind I want you to get tonight of what Paul's trying to say. Look at a balloon. God says, for many of us, our life is defined by a balloon this big and this full. And here's what God says. I want you to have faith enough to let me fill you with my breath of my spirit and fill you and fill your life with my fullness so that instead of us going through life a balloon this size, we allow the spirit of God to breathe into our life and and this balloon of our life expands to the size that God wants to see it go to. Now, we all realize But God, here's my limitations. Here's my capacity. Here's all I can go to. And that's why you see the progression. Because if I follow this progression in my Christian life, faith enough to pray, to be strengthened, to climb higher, to see further, I'm also going to then have the faith to allow God to begin to stretch me beyond my limitations and beyond my capacity and even put me in situations and circumstances and places where I would have not chosen to go, just like we talked about the Apostle Paul, being willing because of the advancement of the church and strengthening the church to be thrown into prison. How could Paul have that kind of a strength How could he have that kind of perspective? Because Paul had gotten to a point in his life where he was allowing God, the breath of God, the Spirit of God, 
to fill his balloon, if you will, and expand Paul beyond his own limitations and capacity. And God doesn't just want to do that in Paul's life. God wants to do that in our life, too. You see, for many human beings, even Christians, we live our whole life and we basically limit ourselves as to what we can experience even with God. Even though we say, yes, God, you're great and nothing is impossible for you, we limit God. Because we never pray for ourselves like this and we never have other people praying for ourselves like this and we never think about our growth this way to get to the point where we're willing to let God blow us up, if you will, in a good way from a balloon this size to a balloon this size. And to bust away from our limitations and to bust out of our, our capacity to what we say we can handle when God says, no, no, no. With me, you can handle this, not just this. You see, God wants us to experience the fullness of this life that he has for us. But we'll never experience all that God has for us. We'll never do that walking on the water like Peter if we never allow him to fill us with all the fullness of God and allow him to bust out of our limitations and maybe even other people's limitations for us. And that's why I say all the time, I encourage Christians, do not fall into the trap of defining your own life, of allowing others to define your life. You let God define your life. You let God take you where he wants you to go because my God wants all of us to climb high and to experience all that he has for us in this life and to just... Fill us with himself so full that there, that there is no limitations. And that we don't say we can't, but we say that through Christ we can, no matter what the circumstance. In fact, we're going to come back to Philippians in just a moment. Turn over to the book of Philippians real quick and notice Paul expanding on this. Very familiar passage, Philippians chapter 4. I'm just going to begin in verse 11 of Philippians chapter 4. Paul says to the Philippians, I'm not saying this because I'm in need. In other words, he didn't want the Philippians because of what he had just shared to think he was looking for a handout. He says, for I have learned, and that's important, we don't, we don't become content overnight. It's a progression. It's a learned thing as a Christian. As I spiritually grow, as I allow God to take me through the progression of being strengthened and, and climbing higher and seeing further and allowing him to take me beyond my limitations, I learn, Paul said, to be content in any circumstance. Because you see, for Paul, his life was not defined by his circumstances. It was defined by God and by the power of God. There are many people in this world, including Christians, whose lives are defined by their circumstances. God never wants us to have our circumstances dictate our life. And how can I rise above my circumstances? Verse 12 and 13. I have experienced times of need in my life and times of abundance. We've all could probably say that. 
I've had good times. I've had bad times. In any and every circumstance, though, Paul says, I have learned the secret of contentment. Whether I go satisfied or hungry, have plenty or nothing, and here's the key. I am able to do all things through the one who strengthens me. Paul says, I have come to understand and believe and have faith enough to pray for this inner strength so that I allow God to strengthen the core of my very being so that I get to a point as a Christian where it doesn't matter what circumstance I find myself in, I'm strong. And I can face that trial and I can navigate that tribulation and I can allow God to take me through that time in my life because God is producing inside of me a strength beyond myself. He is taking me beyond my own limitations. He is showing me that I don't have a capacity to be concerned about because the only capacity I need to be concerned about is His capacity. And there is no capacity with God. He's infinite. That's why Paul says, I've learned that I can do all things through Christ. See, for the Christian, truthfully, I can never say I can't. I can say I won't and be truthful. But as a Christian, I can never say I can't. That shouldn't even be in the vocabulary of the Christian. For the Christian especially who has faith enough to pray, faith enough to be strengthened, faith enough to climb higher, faith enough to see further, faith enough to allow God to move us beyond our own limitations and our own capacity. Back to Ephesians chapter 3. As God stretches us beyond our limitations and as we allow God to lead us, as our loving shepherd and the shepherd metaphor that God uses in the Bible is not one where the shepherd is behind the sheep and driving them but he's lovingly in front of them leading them and all Paul is saying here throughout this whole passage to the Ephesians is let God lead let God guide your life have faith enough to just let God take over surrender that part of your life, surrender that to God, surrender that room, surrender that person, surrender that problem, lay it down, cast your care on God because He cares for you, and allow God to take those weights off of your life and let Him take you higher. Verse 20 and 21, now to Him who by the power that is working within us is able to do far beyond all that we ask or think. To Him be the glory in the church. Yes, and in Christ Jesus, but in the church. How does God get glory in the church? By seeing the church strengthened. Strengthen by seeing individual Christians who make up the church and who is the church strengthened. That's why Bible studies like the mine are so important to a church like Cornerstone in any church. Because the more folks that we have growing 
in all of our Bible studies and groups and small churches and life groups and all of these different ministries and men's ministry and women's ministry and go on and on and on, the more we see our people strengthened, the more glory goes to the Lord because of what He's accomplishing in the church. And I love what Paul says in verse 20. Paul finds in God the one to whom he can pray in faith because he is abundantly able to accomplish the things asked for. Why would I bother praying to a God that can never do anything? Paul's saying God's not only able to do it and willing to do it, but he's going to do way beyond what you could ever come up with, Jeff. You see, he wants to take you, Jeff Royce, a lot further and higher then you even want to go. And if you're just willing, Jeff, to surrender your life totally to Him and begin to be strengthened and allow Him to take you higher and take you beyond your own limitations and capacity, it's hard to tell where God will take you. Instead of you living your life, Jeff, in this little box, because this is, this is the comfort zone of Jeff Royce right here. And God says, Really? Jeff, you want to live your whole life in that little box right there and you don't want me to take you outside of the limitations that you and others are placing in your life? Really? You only have one life on this earth and you want to live your life in that box. Can I say that that's one of the things that began to motivate me to totally surrender my life to God on a whole different level so that He could bring me out of the pit of anxiety and fear and panic because my life at one time was pretty small because of my fears. And it was only when I began to really turn my life over to God and let Him take over that He showed me and began to show me just how far beyond this little box He wanted to take me. And God wants to do the same thing in your life, in your family's life, in your friend's life. And every person in Chandler and the surrounding communities, that's what God wants to do. And He can do it. God is able to respond to the believer's prayers in ways that go far beyond what we might dare ask for or even contemplate. In fact, Paul is saying we cannot ask beyond God's ability to fulfill. So often... As a young Christian, my prayer life was about this big in comparison to the greatness of my God. My prayers consisted of just praying for sick every once in a while, people who were sick. And and not that there's anything wrong with that. But that was pretty much the extent of my prayer life. Somebody gets sick, I pray for them. God says, really, That's, that's all you want your prayer life to be about? And then I began to study the prayers of the Apostle Paul in the New Testament and realized that there's so much more to to praying for and so much more that God wants to do for me in my life and in other people's lives. And just studying the prayers of Paul even began to transform how I pray for other people. And I do pray for the sick. But I also pray for Christians. In fact, some of my prayers are just repeating the very words of Paul from Ephesians 3.14 to verse 21. 
praying that all of you in the mine would have faith enough to pray and continue to pray no matter what you face. Faith enough to allow God to strengthen you at the very core of your being. Faith enough for you to surrender whatever God is asking for so that you can climb higher with Him. Faith enough as you climb higher to see further and just begin to contemplate just how much God loves you so that you're rooted and grounded in that love. And then faith enough to allow God to take you and me beyond our limitations and stretch us beyond our own capacity. And take us to places on this earth and with Him that we never dreamed we could do or we could go. But again, it's not about me and my limitations and my capacity. It's about where God wants to take me. And if God wants to take me over there, if I let him, it'll happen. It'll happen. Folks, I felt very impressed today as I was preparing for this that I wanted to end a little bit differently tonight than what we usually do. And I've asked Seth and Phil to come back tonight and I want us to end on a real worshipful note tonight. I want us to leave here having sung our hearts out and up to God and just leaving here, just filling our minds with the thoughts of the Apostle Paul from Ephesians chapter 3 and where God wants to take you tonight. So let's close in prayer and then these guys are going to come back and we're going to end our night with some worship tonight. Thank you folks for being here. It's been a joy to share the word of God with you. Father, I just want to stop right now and just, I just want to ask that you would just fill this place with your spirit. And God, I just, I want to ask that as you fill this place with your spirit, that each of us would allow you to fill us up to the fullness of God. That like that balloon, that instead of just allowing the breath of God and the Spirit of God to blow us up a little bit, that God, we would just let you blow your God-like air into our lives and, and fill us to a capacity that we've never been before. That God, we would just allow you to just come in and fill us and infuse us and stretch us and take us beyond where we've ever went before. God, as we end this night with this song to you, I just pray all of us would leave here just feeling like we have just been lifted up with the wings of God and we are now being sent out to a world that needs to see the reality of God in people's lives. Strengthen us, Lord, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.